Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Datatula. That's the voice of three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Mm -hmm. We got Chris Strong on the ones and twos, and you rocking with us on this Tuesday evening in the Metroplex. Uh, Appreciate you doing that and rocking with us. You can always get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line. That number is 877-881-1053. You can also uh, hit us up. By seeing our smiling faces, uh, by searching 105 Through the Fan on YouTube or going to twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. Um, that's a way that you can get involved. And coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll go around the NBA, talk about some trade talk that could possibly involve your Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. How about that? Let's mm-hmm. make the team better. Yeah. yeah. On the get right. Team building is a sport. I've often heard that. Uh, mm-hmm. Wise man frequently tells me that that's the Even case. Even now and then. Okay. Uh, but right now, you know, we're... We got through the penultimate, is a good word, a penultimate season of the uh, regular season or penultimate week of the regular season in the National Football Where'd League. Where'd you find that word? I don't know, man. I just, I pick you, them you up. I just a, put them in my pocket. You, you know? got a lot of them good words, man. For real. I, have a, I have a few of them, but look, I don't have all of them. Let me tell you, but uh, I'm working on them. I'm trying to get better always. And um, I think it's going pretty good thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week we had, a, I think, a pretty fun week of NFL football. And so with that being the case, let's get some... Um, overreaction or not when it comes to this week in um, the National Football League. How about that? Let's do it. Okay, very good. Um, Now we begin with this. Um, How about this? Lamar Jackson has already won the MVP. Is that an overreaction or is that reality? Um, I think it's a reality, even though if he doesn't win it, it should go to Christian McCaffrey. I really like Lamar's season now. He's healthy. Yeah, man. Uh, I think that you have all of the mixtures that are necessary to get this done. And mm-hmm. understanding that this season has been kind of a weird one for the play at the very top. Um, look, man, he the numbers, especially this game um, that you saw this weekend, felt like it put the uh, put down the numbers that it felt like people were asking for him from him. Because mm-hmm. look. The numbers are not as juicy as some of the other players around the league that you can maybe look at and say, look at the numbers that this player has put up. But Lamar Jackson, if you watch the game, like he's clearly the engine that makes this entire thing go. Always has. And that's an incredible and he always has been. You're right. But it's in a different way. Like in 2019, when he won the MVP, it was obviously there was deep shots, but it was very much a run based offense that kind of really worked Mm -hmm. around the ways in which, you know, all those guys could move the football with their legs. And he was still very good at throwing the football, but that was not asked of him as much. Now they've built a more, I don't know, more standard NFL offense, I Mm -hmm. guess, for lack of a better term. Traditional. Traditional. Good Mm -hmm. word. Yes. Look at you having the words too. Every now and then. I like it. And he operates that very well, still having the element of being able to run. In fact, funny enough, you know, there's always been kind of this thing with Lamar where he is, you know, he always wants to run before before throwing. Now when you see him use his mobility, it's often to try and throw the football still. Mm-hmm. And really the difference is they've given him the talent to be able to do that, and they've orchestrated the system that helps him um, and gives him the kind of the language to be able to do that. And so it's you've done that. You have the big wins. You have obviously the winning percentage when it mm-hmm. comes to a, a number one overall seed, mm-hmm. and they cannot lose that in this next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you have the, the national TV games and now – He's finished it off the right way, playing a very good game. It's probably his last one of the season. 
It feels like this is uh, locked up. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's locked up as well. And, again, he's they've won six games in a row now. He's completely healthy. They're the best team in the AFC. And he personally, personally dissected the best defense in the NFC on Christmas night against San Francisco in their own backyard. So, in other words, all the eyeballs who vote, because whenever you're voting for something, that's subjective. They saw what he could do, and it's not against. Well, remember how they used to say about the Cowboys and that? Well, they haven't played anybody. Well, they can't say that about the Ravens, and they weren't saying it. But guess what? Against the quote-unquote best team that is favored to win the entire Super Bowl, they not only won and escaped with their lives. And, no, they didn't escape. They blew them out. Can I tell you? Because this, if he does, in fact, finish this out like we believe and win this, this would be his second MVP, I believe, before he's 27. Mm-hmm. Um, but just regardless, these are the players who have won multiple MVPs. You ready? Let me guess. Let me, let me throw Please it. do. Yeah, let's make it a guessing game. I want to say that... I want to say that Aaron Rodgers has won more than He one. has won. He, he won a few of them. Mm-hmm. A couple of them here recently. So Aaron Rodgers, Patrick, yes. Patrick Mahomes. Yes, sir. Um, I'm gonna stop right there. Peyton Manning has. That's right. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Tom Brady has. Mm-hmm. Brett Favre has. Brett Favre. Jim Brown has. Yep. Johnny Unitas. Mm-hmm. Kurt Warner has. Mm-hmm. Steve Young has. Oh. Joe Montana has. There you go. And Lamar Jackson would be joining that company should he get this done. I, I mean, it feels like great names. Feels like some good names. Hall of Fame names. All right. As we continue, some overreaction or not here. And on by the, the way, right? you know what they're gonna say? What they gonna say? As soon as you get, the, well, how many Super Bowls has you won? And look, that's the, what they do. The postseason success needs to happen, but they've put they've situated themselves to, for everything to go through uh, the bank there in uh, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, continuing our overreaction or not, Chris, you tell me if this is an overreaction or not. The Chicago Bears, who now have the number one pick locked in courtesy of the Carolina Panthers, will trade that number one pick again. Overreaction or not, Chris? That's not an overreaction. They're oh. capable of doing it. I, the reason I say they're capable, that, that's not the smart thing to do. But they're capable of doing it because that's the Chicago Bears. And with that being said, <clears throat> with that being said, I can see them doing that if they get a whole bunch in return. You follow what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. See, see where I'm going with this? Well, I mean, that they got a whole bunch of return last time mm-hmm. around trading that number one pick. And it feels like, you know, there's been a lot of mythos built around uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May. Could one of these teams opt to give up a lot to try and go get a Caleb Williams at the number one pick? Here's the tricky part about it. Who were the two top quarterbacks picked last year in the draft? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Uh-huh. And somebody guessed wrong. For now. Yeah. And the one that drafted higher guessed wrong. For now. So, again, I'm not saying Bryce Young is not going to have a good career. But he started off really, really slow. Troy, I, the reason I'm not throwing him away is because Troy Aikman started off really, really slow, too. Everybody thought he was garbage. And you can say that. Well, Troy has he's all the size. and They didn't say that back then. They were saying he was garbage. Well, I mean, one thing that is tough for Bryce is that this – it seems like nowadays there's less time given for quarterbacks to develop. Right. And, so, and obviously – Instant there, gratification. There's still some level of onus on the – on the player to show you something mm-hmm. that would give you uh, the appetite to try and keep going and mm-hmm. trying to continue to see if you can bring out greatness from them. And I guess you haven't seen a lot of that from Bryce Young. You haven't seen the flashes of greatness that would make you entice you to keep trying. But again, one year, not a lot of good things around yeah. him they'll see. But for the Bears, 
I mean, it seems like it's either this option. It, it's a lot of people had come to the idea, and I think I had too, that, that it was about time for the Bears and Justin Fields to part. Mm-hmm. I thought that last year. And the way that it's playing, it seems like maybe just maybe they could take that first round pick, and be, if they traded it, it would be an acknowledgement that they were going to stay with Justin Fields, and that would be in line with the the apparently the fans who gave you this chant uh, this weekend. I mean, I thought that was incredible that, yeah. like, the Chicago Bears fan base that seems to be, like, perpetually down and honestly is very split on Justin Fields. Uh-huh. They got in that stadium and they made it very clear to management, I guess, at least what that however many thousands of people felt about that quarterback and that they wanted him to keep going and stay in there and maybe use that number one pick to put uh, value and good pieces around him. Yeah, like I said, I would not be surprised if they traded that pick away for more valuable assets it's possible we were talking a little bit about bryce young's and from the uh, 972 they said or sorry the 214 they said bryce needs to let uh needs to let a naysayer know here soon <laughs> um and yes he absolutely naysayer, does please. he absolutely does mm-hmm. uh how about this as we continue our Don't overreaction you, you my naysayer week seven <laughs> week seven over <laughs> 17 rather yeah week 17 rather not week seven uh Week 17 overreactions here on the get right. And this one's really interesting. The Kansas City Chiefs are a team that perpetually we look at as being, you know, one of the best in the AFC. But this season, there's been some issues that have cropped up in various different places. But after this weekend against the Bengals, um, here's your overreaction or not. All the Chiefs problems are solved and they'll be just fine for the playoffs. Is that an overreaction or no? That's an overreaction. Why do you say so, my man? Because the teams that they're going to be playing in playoffs, put it like this, they're going to have some road games this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They haven't really had road games. Not in, not in Patrick Mahomes' uh, tenure as the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. He has never played a road playoff game. Right. He's, he's absolutely amazing. But don't get me wrong. There's some competition. It's flattened out. In other words, the Chiefs aren't dominant. They're a good team. They're a very good team, but they're not dominant. And unless you're dominant, you cannot say, oh, they don't fix it all. Yeah, uh, I mean, the wide receiving core, as we know, has been an issue. The offensive line hasn't been great. Now, they had some really crisp possessions. You had Isaiah Pacheco showing his worth. You saw Rashi Rice get a big play as mm-hmm. well, which is one of the wide receivers that at least the ones that you believe more in. But I don't think uh, that the uh, the bozo gene, as I like to call it, that seems like the Kansas City Chiefs uh, wide receiving core has, I don't think that's gone. There's a possibility that you have a p- improper route run or a ball just left. <laughs> I follow you now, Bozo Gene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, but in the neutral zone? You know, like, I, I tried to find a, a nicer way to say it, and I haven't quite found it yet. That's as nice as I got. You know who else got the Bozo Gene at times? My guy, uh, Josh Allen. Yeah. Did you see him this week when he was, I, I, I don't know if it was intended to be an option play, but he's running and uh, as a you know quarterback run, yeah. and he gets wrapped up. And, of course, him being big and strong, he doesn't go down immediately. Right. But you think, all right. You ran, you're wrapped, go down, and he pitches the ball. Now this, he gets it out to the running back. Running back picks up the first down. I'm like, it worked there. But that's the type of thing that Josh Allen does. He's, yeah, he in always the postseason. does those things. Yes. And then it's a fumble and it goes it's the other fumble. way or something like that. That's I'm like, why Josh, he's you, all these interceptions and turnovers you and fumbles, man. You don't have to do man. that. You don't have to do you're that. You're trying too hard, dog. And yeah. I mean, my naysayer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that being the case, how about uh, how about this one? One more. Um, as we continue our overreactions or not in here on the text line we have from the 956 there's absolutely nothing fixed in Kansas City if you actually watch the game Cincinnati was in control for three quarters of the game and Kansas City kicked six field goals yeah Harrison Bucker yep. absolutely was on point and you know good kicker but you yeah, know there's definitely things that uh, 
susceptibilities, let's say. There's weaknesses in there. And from the 806, the Huskies have a better receiving corner than the Chiefs right now, and I believe that. I believe that too. Really good uh, Sunday players for them Huskies. All right, how about this? The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to blow the NFC South title. Is that an overreaction or no? That is not an overreaction. It's mm. very possible. I would love for them. Listen, I put it like this. I think they will get it, but you can't trust it. Look what – look. Baker Mayfield had a flashback to Cleveland for a second. Oh, wow. He just did. I, and that's my guy. Oh, you, I love him. Did that guy statue out front? Yeah. Bottom line and is. And rightfully so. I, I, rightfully so. I thought he, had, he wasn't going to do that no more. And lo and behold, they lost that game. And <laughs> New Orleans thinks they got a chance now. You know what I'm saying? And, and New, Orleans, New Orleans looked to play better than I had seen them play uh, over the course of or periodically throughout the season. Mm-hmm. I think that the Bucks still hold on to. Them. I do too. I think that's that they're still saying. in that I just, place. I just can't. I wouldn't put no money. Yeah, on that's them. fair enough. That's fair enough. Betting on the Tampa Bay Bucks is probably not the best way. To, I'm willing to actually go as far as to say that that is an overreaction. I think they 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 hold this one together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm in the same. I'm near the same place as you are. I think we're just on the borderline of eh, is that fair or is that a little too far? And I think that we're both in that place where yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently, people appreciate and enjoy my phrasing of bozo gene. Look, it just—it's <laughs> it the is. best way that I have to say. It. What? What do you? What do you? Because I think you guys know what I'm trying to get at. Like, what do you call that player that has that thing, right? That thing, and that that I t- uh, typify as the bozo gene. You know, just every once in a while, that you know, they're they're a good player, but every once in a while that bozo pop out. Also, let us know who that player is for you. Who is the player that you're like, hey man, I like him, but or maybe you don't like him, but there's just that bozo gene in there, right? Every once in a while, just pops out. Josh Allen is the one that comes to mind off top, but I'm sure that there's other ones out there. You can there. tell they got the bozo gene. Look in the parking lot, clown cars. Oh, Lord, Lord, <laughs> Lord, naysayer, please. All right, it's the get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, coming up next, let's go around the NBA, around the association where there was a trade. We're starting to get into trade season at this point. Mm-hmm. And what could it mean for your Dallas Mavericks? We'll do that next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula alongside the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Chris Strong's on the ones and twos. And you rocking with us here on a Tuesday evening in the Metroplex. Uh, unfortunately, your star's not looking great. Uh, down 4-1 to one at the AAC to the Canadians. Um, not, not what you want. Obviously, um, I mentioned Jamie Benn. Your goal scorer on the evening. Hopefully, you would have hoped that uh, some other players would have maybe joined him on uh, on the record. But no, four one in favor of the visiting Canadians. Still about four and a half minutes to go in the third period. There um, mentioned that last night your Mavericks played. They got a loss to the Utah Jazz, but um, they're coming back home for a extended homestay. Yes, seven home games, seven in a row. and that begins tomorrow as they take on the Trailblazers, and they hopefully we can make them a little bit better here as we go around the association. And um, with this, I wanted to discuss the first trade of or the first like notable trade of the season because I'm I can't remember if there was another trade, but you do have a trade between two teams that are actually in litigation together. You remember this? CA that the uh the New York uh Knicks are actually suing the Toronto Raptors for like proprietary information. Do you remember that that oh, thing was happening? Yeah, Masai. That's right. Yeah, and so that is still happening, right? There was a, a potential scout that wanted to go mm-hmm. to Toronto and was feeding, supposedly, allegedly feeding respectfully. Uh yes, and all those all those mm-hmm. disclaimers, feeding information 
to the Raptors from the Knicks. That's what uh, Jim Dolan, you know, claims. Now, on the basketball, actual basketball side of this, those two teams linked up in order to, you know, notch a trade. And it was kind of amazing because the Toronto Raptors, for a good, I don't know, three years have been in a place where the NBA onlookers, fans, media have been looking at the Raptors like, this isn't working. Are you going to make a trade? Right, you have some young, valuable players mm-hmm. that you can send that clearly aren't like working quite together the way you want them to. So why not make a trade and then you know figure out where you're going from there? And the Toronto Raptors for just doubled down and tripled down for the longest part. And so we were like, okay, we don't know what it is with them. It seems like they have now finally decided to position themselves as sellers with that, and as they agreed to a trade that would send OG Ananobi mm. and Precious Achua. As mm-hmm. well as a first round pick, if I remember correctly. Actually, that might be a second round pick. Let me let me uh, double back on the terms of that one um, to the New York Knicks, and then they get back. Um, they get. Uh, oh no! Barrett. They also sent Malachi Flynn. The yeah, pick comes back to Toronto, where they get R.J. Barrett, the Toronto native, who gets home. Yes, Emmanuel quickly, who some people are terming as possibly the best player in this deal, and a pick. And so with that being said, what was your first impression when you heard this deal where you have OG Ananobi, um, you know, a young, talented defensive wing that has some offense to him, but that slipped a little bit, that has slipped a little bit this season, going to the Knicks as like the big ticket in this deal. But then the the Toronto Raptors ultimately getting back R.J. Barrett, a nice young piece offensively. Mm-hmm. Bringing him home. And then Emmanuel Quickly, a talented point guard who the Knicks were not giving time necessarily because of Jalen Brunson, but maybe has an opportunity to flourish. Here's what's so wild. Nobody saw this coming. Mm-mm. I thought the Knicks were happy with their roster. Don't get me wrong. I thought they're going to let it roll again one more year. Might tweak it, but nothing major. I think them getting OG is very significant as far as them trying to go further in the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're going to pass Milwaukee and you know Giannis and Dame as the favorites or even Boston as the favorites, but they're going to be right up there in the conversation because OG – Ananobi is legit, and he is in his prime. And I was I was thinking for Toronto, the reason that they probably made that move, and I was surprised it was Anobi and not Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Because Anobi's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And Toronto, even though it's a beautiful city and the whole nine yards, there are players to this day that feel like, you know, in Toronto, you're off the map. That, you know, you're just not on the – you're just off the map. So maybe they were – they didn't think they could re-sign him, especially since the team wasn't doing that well. Even though, you know, he he could be just a, a huge star there. I, I, maybe they thought him being a free agent this summer that he's going to be gone. Yeah, him and Pascal Siakam both uh, exactly. said to be free agents this offseason. And so if you've finally come to the conclusion that the situation with the core of OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, mm-hmm. and their former first-round pick, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is who they're building around. If those three aren't working, then, of course, you mentioned Scotty Barnes is the guy who is the youngest and who is situated to be your foundational piece. Then you start saying, okay, what can we get for these other players who, again, you can't, um, you, you don't believe you're going to resign, so you get something for them now. Now, the interesting right. thing about this, though, is that we're not at the trade deadline. No, not and at so all. Trade OG, deadline's all-star weekend. Yeah, OG and Anobi, typically in those situations, you wait until the trade deadline because Jerry Jones often has a saying that says deadlines make deals. And so you uh, you try and play mm-hmm. offers against each other to maybe get the best. But the, the Raptors didn't do that. They went ahead and got this done. Do you read anything into that personally? 
Not really. Only only thing that maybe they just agreed that that's what they wanted. I, again, maybe both teams, they didn't want to leverage it at, at a risk of a loss. And the reason I say that is because the Knicks tried this two summers ago. After When they got Jalen Brunson, that was actually only one part of the shoe they were supposed to drop. They were supposed to also get Spider Mitchell. And they had the best offer on paper that Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz could get. And Danny Ainge said, I wanted a one more player. Who's the player that went to Toronto with him? You said that might be the best player. Oh, Emmanuel Quickly? He wanted Quickly in this deal. And the Knicks said, we don't have to because nobody else can match the package of all these picks and players that we can give you. And Danny Ainge said, F you, I'll take less and, and send him to Cleveland. And that's what he did. He sent Spider Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell's in Cleveland instead of quote-unquote going home to New York where his dad is the director of security for the New York Mets and being a part of that Knicks backcourt with Jalen Brunson because that was supposed to happen all summer. Talk about tampering. And Danny said, no, I'm Danny Ainge. Forget y'all. So maybe the Knicks did this now because they got full of themselves back in August of 2022 and it burned them. Yeah, I think that's the Knicks part, but on the Toronto part? Yeah, for Toronto, again, like it seems to make sense if you hold out, but maybe just maybe one of these pieces they feel strong about, and I think there might be something to read into this. I think Zach Lowe was talking about this on his podcast. Mm-hmm. The idea that if you go ahead and make this move, maybe just maybe you're saying we want these player, this player in particular, they might have seen a player in this trade, whether it's R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly or with both of them, they felt so strongly about that they were like, let's go ahead and make this move now and get this player that we know that we want. But the thing that's also worth in, worth uh, paying attention to is the idea that they only get a second round pick in this. So the idea, which is trade everything's you can buy a pick, yeah, second but, round pick, yeah, it's a second round, it's like nothing. In theory, you're trading good players. You think that maybe they'll trade for a draft asset? No, they're trading trading for other players that they like, and I think that that can be illustrative and kind of tell us something. As they uh, we mentioned, there's another player that they have uh-huh. that is going to be a free agent. Uh-huh. That if you are, if we are right in the way that they are thinking, that maybe they're trying to move on from this core and prepare for something else, that they would trade, and that's Pascal Siakam. Yes. So, people who are unfamiliar with his game, you're not like Shaq. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry, I wasn't familiar with your game. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to high school in Louisville. Yes, he did. Christian school in Louisville. And then he became a superstar in Toronto and helped Kawhi and the Raptors win the title. He's also been an all-star a couple of times. And this summer, he was supposedly begin. they were going to drop him to Atlanta. And the Mavericks were saying, let that happen and we will take Clint Capella. And that's what the Clint Capella stuff was coming from. So we will see. I personally would rather have Pascal Siakam right here. Yeah, Pascal he doesn't. He doesn't look like he's capable of carrying a team. As you know, real quick in this, your Dallas Stars have put two goals on the board. They're now solely down one goal. It's four to three, and still in favor of the Canadians. And they have about a minute and a half to try and equalize that and send it to overtime. Not impossible. Remember a couple of two weeks ago, they scored two goals in thirty seconds. They left? sure did. They sure did. They didn't go they, to OT. So they're they're trying with an empty net to maybe just maybe see if they can get to overtime and still get a win out of this one. But, yes, uh, you know, Pascal Siakam not can't be a number one player. No. We figured that out. They right. started by trying that in Toronto, and he's, After he's, Kawhi good, left. he's good at scoring, but he's not good enough to carry. Right. Incredible defensively. That's the number one thing. And he plays like a four, like long, rangy. And can dribble. And could probably guard 
four positions. Yes. In all seriousness, he really, he really could. And so with that being the case, that sounds like that'd be great for what the Mavs need, right? Mm-hmm. Some size, would, another I scoring. Swear I would rather have him than Clint Capella. I promise you that. Well, maybe but just that maybe. Mean that's going to happen. I wish it would. And again, put it like this. You always got to think big picture when you're looking at trades in the NBA. It's not just straight team to team. Yeah. You could be the third team involved with something. That's why I was bringing up this Clint Capella situation. Right. But usually that's that's if you're trying to, you know, grab another player out of this. If it's the Pascal one. Now, of course. Exactly. But, I'm but just it, saying, could, it could still be a three team, again, four team trade for sure. I'm not even sure. talking about this deal. I'm just talking about period. So when you're looking at what the Mavericks might do, it's always something bigger than what you might think. It, it could be that way because there's always several teams involved to make something happen. They may need a partner to make something happen, and you get the shake. You know what I mean? Right. So keep those things in mind. I do think the Mavericks are going to make some kind of move. though. I have no idea what it will mean, but I do know that they need a defender, a rebounder, and they need to make sure they get somebody that's not going to impede the growth of Derek Lively II because he is ahead of the curve on everything, and it's because he has – I'm going to repeat this over and over again. He has an insane basketball IQ. It only works to play with Lucas Doncic if you have an insane basketball IQ. You just can't be athletic because Luka's going to throw passes you aren't going to be ready for. You have to have that IQ, and he, he's he got it. He's only 19. Yeah, and so the idea would be, you know, maybe, you, and again, the pieces that you might have to use or someone like Tim Hardaway Jr. would have to be situated just because the amount of money exactly. that's match. necessary he's a good here. Because he's a good value. Here's what's wild. Cleveland has always wanted him, and I don't know if that's still in play. I have Cleveland. no idea. I have no idea. I wonder if signing Max Struess would take them out. Because Max Struess is another one of those guys that's kind of like a wing guard but mm-hmm. shooter. And so I don't know if they'd want the sim, you know, kind of redundancy there. But the Mavs, um, I mean, maybe Hardaway, maybe Holmes, maybe Josh Green or Jaden Hardy could possibly play in there. But again, the Mavs might have a chance of being in here because the draft capital isn't as much – of what it seems like Toronto is looking for, as we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It might be that they're looking for young players. So your, exactly. your capital here might be the likes of a Jaden Hardy or Josh Green right. that could get in here. But also at the same time, some of the teams that have been announced uh, or maybe not have been linked to this mm-hmm. could probably put up more when it comes to a more and a see, more feasible Pack, option. Package, yeah. Uh, a package, right? So maybe that's a tough part. And another thing that's also putting a damper on the Pascal Siakam thing in general is this that Pascal Siakam is not maybe not uh, inclined to agree to definitely sign an extension right. with whatever team trades him. He wants to test the waters. Exactly. So you're trading for a dude who is a free agent, and you'd be in a place where maybe the Toronto Raptors were a few in 2019, where they traded for uh, Kawhi Leonard and said, we'll get him here, hopefully do something special, and see if we can recruit him from within. Do you feel comfortable with the idea of the Mavs trading for a guy like that without any assurance that he would be he would remain after that offseason. And my answer is yes, and let me explain why. Okay. Let's start with Kawhi. Okay. Kawhi all along wanted to get to LA. He was telling that to the Spurs, which is why the Spurs traded him, not even in the conference. There he just wanted out of he wanted to go to LA. He said my whole goal is to go to LA. And they knew he was going to leave Spurs knew he was going to leave him. So and did they trade him to literally the furthest team away from that? I sure think Toronto did. might be literally the furthest team. The furthest team away, team away from LA and they won a championship. He could he could, he and Toronto knew this. They were trying to go, try to keep him here. They're going to pitch and all. And he even told them he does not have to buy a drink or dinner in the entire country of Canada. He said, "I love y'all, but y'all know I've always wanted to go back to L.A. and that's where I'm going." And that's where he did. Yeah, to the Clippers. 
Why I think the Mavericks, I'm not afraid of that situation. Let's just jump to Kyrie Irving because it was the same situation. They would have to convince Kyrie said, I'm going to test the water. The deal was is flat. Said, we're going to try to, we're going to go ahead. In other words, I watched the Mavericks do everything right. I watched Nico Harrison do everything right. No, Nico and, and Jason Kidd don't have the same relationship with um, Pascal Siakam like they have like they have with Kyrie Irving. Right. So that was a huge thing that made them say, let's take that gamble, let's roll this dice. But at the same time, I think they know how to do it if they were in the situation. And I also think the fact that he's been here before, living in Louisville, he's not afraid of, oh, going to Texas, I'm not, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's not like foreign country to him. Yeah. Now, the, the thing, I think the differentiating factor between what that Siakam situation would be and Kyrie is that Kyrie Irving, for one, is a little bit more complicated when it came to his reputation in the league. Mm-hmm. Not trying to litigate that, but just telling you, obviously making note of that. Um, and then also, Kyrie Irving wanted to play on a, a team that could contend but could also pay him, and there mm-hmm. wasn't those out in the market. This offseason, there will be, because you remember when the Sixers oh, traded yeah. James Harden, mm-hmm. right? they did that w- with the understanding that they would maybe have some money available and open to maybe have a max contract. Mm-hmm. That's a team that I don't know that they've explicitly explicitly be, been said as this is a destination that could possibly want them. But in the offseason, they, they have the money and then could add another player of that caliber. I, would, I don't understand why they wouldn't be in that feasibility. And so... You get to that time, and now we're talking about trying to sign a player. Yeah, it's more you, wide open. You have a you have a contender, and I think teams are a little bit scared of the idea of, hey, that's a place where you could lose a player for nothing. The only caveat, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fact. What you just said is this summer, the summer that everybody says it's going to be the sum, the biggest summer of free agents, the biggest name stars. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like musical chairs. It's only so much money each team would have and right. how, how many teams have that money available. So Siakam could be rolling the dice on his end by saying, well, I'm, I better sign earlier. I better have some deals in place, so to speak, that I can go to because these things could be gone. I would have the if – the, if I were the Mavericks, I'm serious, I would do the deal anyway knowing, like I said, the comfort level of – uh, Nico and Jay Kidd and Cuban were in this situation just a year ago. Sure. And it worked out. But the caveat you brought up about Kyrie and his options being less limited, you're, that's a fact. That's and, a fact for a fact. And even just to get there, they would have to convince Toronto of the deal. And so, look, it's going to be a place to watch. I don't think this will get mm-hmm. resolved immediately. Or, or mm-hmm. maybe the Toronto Raptors will make me look stupid and do it quickly. But I think that this is going to be a place to watch in the NBA for a little bit is Toronto. Now that – after years of the league watching them and saying, are you going to do it? Now they're in a place to break this thing up and trade some really valuable defensively inclined pieces around mm-hmm. the league. There's some Tolos and some Maverick fans saying, what about Dodo, Dorian Finney-Smith? Mm-hmm. He's out there as a possibility, but here's the deal. I've read some, some stories that would say, yes, the Mavericks would love to have him, but at the same time, they could probably get him for a better deal after the – Mavericks convey that first-round pick to the Knicks right after the draft. In other words, this summer is the better chance to get Dodo as opposed to the trade deadline. In other words, Brooklyn could get what they want from the Mavericks, and the Mavericks would pay it this summer, not right now. Yeah, so those are some of the ways or one of the ways that uh, the league has kind of produced a way Mm -hmm. that the Mavericks could possibly maybe get better. We'll keep an eye out on Pascal Siakam and other things as they kind of come together in the NBA trade landscape. And, of course, your Mavs, again, get back at it 
tomorrow at the AAC against the uh, the uh, I was about to call them Toronto, the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, two games go. and two games against the Blazers in three nights. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's uh, Wednesday and, and Friday. It's like baseball. But that's I think that's the NBA and how they were trying to yep. limit some of the traveling and trying to load know, management stuff, make yeah. this a little bit easier on uh-huh. those players. Uh, something that's not easy to swallow. Your stars fall to the Canadians oh, at the AAC four to three. The the comeback effort falls just a little bit short. Um, so the, that that little win streak that was being built, the two game win streak, is broken there. Um, we'll talk more about that as we continue on the show. But coming up next on the Get Right. It's time for a little sharing time. We'll do that next on The Fan. To get right right here on 105.3 The Fan, Reginald Datatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks to uh, David and Chris on the ones and twos in the Pimp Cup keeping us sounding good. We mentioned earlier that uh, your Dallas Stars fall to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, They were down 4-1 in that third period, and you see Wyatt Johnston get a goal as they go empty net. You see Joe Pavelski get a goal. And they're, I mean, they're just scratching and clawing, trying to tie this one up, send it to overtime. Unfortunately, they fall just a little bit short, four to three um, in this one. And so your stars uh, will have an opportunity to get back after it, I believe, in two nights, if I'm correct. Let me let me double check, because as, as soon as I go to say that, yes, they play against the Avs on January 4th, which is Thursday, 7 p.m. At the AAC, so hopefully they can back to winning ways. But that's a tough one against the Colorado Avalanche. That's a good, good squad that'll be coming in to the AAC. Um, right now on the get right every every night about nine forty five, we do a little sharing time. And mm-hmm. so, with that being the case, Chris, if you could hit the music whenever you feel, please do. Um, as you know, first show of the new year here, and so I don't know. I guess I'll share. Kind of some of what my New Year's Day was, or New Year's Eve night, crossing over into New Year's Day, right? Did you kiss somebody under the mistletoe? I did not. I did not. Did Mistle- you have some black eyed peas the next day? I honestly didn't either. I've never been like big on those superstitions. I appreciate them, but mm-hmm. I was just, I don't know, I'm lazy, I guess, more than anything, right? It's just uh, doing the work of the greens and everything. And then just my, my family did not necessarily do that, but um, I think one of the things that we did more than anything was just like spend spend the night in church, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but last couple of years, a friend of mine has done this thing where he's just kind of we gotten over at his house um, and had a lot of had a lot of wings. There you go. Had some brews, mm-hmm. lit a cigar, mm-hmm. and popped some champagne. There it is. And watch some TV. Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit of TV, obviously. Music, what was happening in the background? Uh, in the background was a little TV. Okay, so, yeah. so it wasn't like a party party. Yeah, I know. It was something, something light, right? Just, just kind of exactly, right? Yeah. Kicking back and relax. Look, man, these, these people got kids and stuff, man, mm-hmm. and you know, babies though, right? Not like kids necessarily, but you know, babies hanging around the Infants. house. There you go, exactly. And so, with that being the case, you know, r- responsible enough, but you know, just around having fun, and mm-hmm. I, it's it's really the the best way for me to do it. Like, I'm I'm not a turn up guy necessarily, mm-hmm. so it's fun, man. Good food, good brew. Now. You get the cigar, you got to be outside because you know I'm not I'm not smoking up these people's houses. And hey, brother, it was it was pretty cold out. Like, well, it, it's one of those things that uh, I'd never remember until I'm just out there for a minute. It's like, yo, yo, you go back inside in my hands. I can't feel my hands. What happened there? But uh, one so of the did things- you see any fireworks or some people shooting off guns? Well, I heard them. I definitely heard the fireworks and or guns. But I was not up there looking at them. And yes, Happy New Year to you as well. Jeremy on the YouTube. Shout out to Alex on the YouTube as well. What's mm-hmm. up? What's up? Um, happy New Year to all y'all. 
Um, but with that being the case, I did want to talk about something. Like, do you do you watch the uh, what the various news channels that do their um, that do I their have seen them, yes. New Year's Eve? I saw some uh, a little bit uh, this past week. You know what that always reminds me of? What's that? It feels like we're watching their their uh, company holiday party. Oh, because they get drunk. Yeah. Like Anderson Cooper. Does that not feel weird to anybody? <laughs> they don't care. They don't mind drinking on the air. It's not even just the drinking. It just feels like I'm at somebody else's holiday party. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's like they are doing all the holiday party stuff. Right? Where they're, you well, just. You know what? They're bringing it to your house. It's that blame Dick Clark for starting. Fair enough. But even then, like, I feel like Dick Clark's Rockin' Eve, Rockin' Eve, is that the name? Right. Mm-hmm. I think that that's more of like a show. Yeah. The. The one on like the various news channels always oh, feels news channel. Yeah, it always feels yeah. less like a show uh-huh. and more like, why am I watching your Christmas party? Like, why am I watching <laughs> you talk with your coworkers right now, drunk in a way that you are going to hope that you could forget next week? Like, mm-hmm. that's always felt weird to me. Uh, what about you, Chris? What, what's your uh, what's your New Year's kind what, of tradition? Wanna, what, what does it look like? I'm for gonna you? save that for CA stories. Oh, I oh, but I will give you the sharing item, please. Uh, and I'll tease CA stories confidential. You don't want to miss this. This is a good one. I'll give you a, a couple of New Year's Eve celebrations, Ooh. including this past one. All right. Um, my sharing information is, you know, 2024 is here. It's a presidential election. When's the last <laughs> time you seen what? Wait, sorry. On the text line, uh, 877-881-1053. They said from the 214, I wish our company party was like that. We got salad at work. Salad. Wait. No. That's not a no. party. No. That's not a party. That's insulting at that point. Like, they didn't even offer pizza, right? I know it feels like if, if they get you pizza, it feels like we're doing a kindergarten reading party or whatever. But at least a, a salad? Salad. Did they did they bring you one big salad bowl that you had to put? That's, or did they get you individual tradition. salads? That, there's even no, no, there's no history of tradition with a salad. It's like New they're Year. trying to kick off your New Year's resolution. That that yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you trying to tell me something? That a hit? Y'all need to lose weight. Right, y'all like, trying to tell me hit? something? New goals. That New bonus year, better be big since y'all don't splurge on no food. For real. Mm-mm-mm. Well, like I was saying, you mentioned the news channels covering the New Year's Eve. Yes, sir. And this is a presidential election year. It is. Question for all the Tolos out there, 877-881-1053, especially the Get Right Tolos. When's the last time you seen uh, facial hair on a president? And don't say Lincoln because he wasn't the last one. 877-881-1053. By the way. There have only been 13 presidents with any facial hair whatsoever on their face. Someone asked us their bacon bits. Now we need we need all the info that you can give us, 214, on your salads. Yes, there were individual salads, but break it down for me. Did they have, was it a Cobb salad? Uh, was it a house salad? Did they give you Caesars? Yeah, we need more. Um, but, huh, somebody Whoa. said from the 214, they said Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt? Teddy Roosevelt did not, yeah, he, he had a big mustache. Okay. Bully. Right. He wasn't the last one. The last one was... The largest, heaviest president we've ever had on record in 1913. Isn't that Taft? William Harlow Taft. That's okay. right. Got stuck in the bathtub. Remember that? Yeah. See, how how annoying does that have to be? Obviously, he's not still with us. But if he was, I'd be mad if I was him. Right? I was a whole ass president. <laughs> and the thing that you remember about me is that I was fat and I got stuck in the bathtub. I would fight stuck all of y'all in a all bathtub. the time. What do you mean? He did not realize once he passed the baton to. Woodrow Wilson, nobody would have hair on their face the rest of the way. You had Taft before him. You had uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you had 13 of them. Several of these presidents, they didn't have a mustache. They had these big old mutton chops. Yeah. Big old sideburns. Like, like Millard Fillmore 
Way back. That's way back, though. Zachary Taylor. Zach Taylor. Oh, yes. Martin Van Buren. Quincy Adams. John Quincy Adams. Excuse me. John Quincy Adams. The one with the full beard, and he didn't have a mustache, Abraham Lincoln. Did y'all know that a, a little 11-year-old girl wrote a letter and, and convinced him to grow a beard? Because he didn't have a beard at first. I think I remember hearing that story. Yeah, he, he had a clean-shaven face and looked like a skeleton. So this 11-year-old girl wrote him a letter in 1860 and said, Mr. President, Please stop can you like grow out your whiskers? And yeah. so he did. And then after Lincoln, eight of the next 10 presidents had some kind of facial hair. And in fact, they said it was kind of like a rebellion because all over the world, men started like growing beards in Europe and America, all over the place. Scientists, Walt Whitman, philosophers, poets, everybody. And then all of a sudden, there was backlash. Guess what they started saying? I don't think these beards are sanitary. They're unhygienic. Yeah, they probably wasn't using beard oil and balm and in stuff. In 1901, they said what flipped the script and made all these guys start shaving off these beards. And think about it. You rarely saw anybody beards in the 20th century, right? Just until recently, everybody's seen these beards, right? In the last 20 years. Wait. They wait. said what changed it, what flipped the whole thing was 1901, the disposable razor came into effect. And that's when people started shaving oh, their so, beards. Oh, so the president just didn't want to go to the barber? Is that what Not we had? Not just the president. We're talking about... Um, Men just general. In general. Okay. All right. If you look at photographs in the 20th century, you didn't see a lot of guys with beards because A, they were saying it's unhygienic, or C, we got razors. It's sexier to not have a beard. Then all of a sudden, you started seeing a little Miami Vice kind of beard, a little stubble. And then by the time you got to the 2000s, full beards. And I, I guess we're we're just ignoring or we're like skipping over like the seventies when we had all like the hippies. Yeah, the hippies, just hippies. The, yeah, that's yeah. hippies. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Is like we're not we're not counting that portion of well, it, right? That's we're talking about the majority of men okay. did not have beards in the twentieth century. You can say hippies, anybody under the age of twenty five might have had a beard, but not all of them. Remember they also had these uh, you had to have a haircut. Yet just a lot of people just like the Yankees. There's a reason the Yankees had this little um protocol or whatever their, their rule yeah. is where you can't yeah. have facial hair. Because Steinbrenner says so. Steinbrenner says so, but that was the edict sure, of the sure. 20th century. Well, so you mentioned this about presidents that we haven't had that since Taft, uh, mm-hmm. a president with facial hair. Why do you think that persists? Because like obviously that's something that could change, especially with how think? prevalent I'm trying to figure out now. What? Do you feel like that? Do you think that they think that that says something like psychologically about how we feel about the president? Something. And the reason why I'm even wondering is because I'm looking for like not just the two leaders who are, who are supposed to be in the race, you know, not Taft and Biden. I'm looking across the landscape. Who out there has a beard that's a politician that could be a good president? 877-881-105. I don't see one. He may not be a politician right now. Tab, or excuse me, Trump wasn't a politician in 2016 when he ran. But I'm trying to think of anybody with a beard that could be a president in the next 10 years. I wonder if being clean shaven makes people think you're more trustworthy. It could be. That's a good one. Mm. I'm just I'm just trying to think of who out there that you say, oh, who's trustworthy that's got a beard right now that you could see as being a president? Me. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Somebody says. Doesn't Ted Cruz have a beard? I don't think people want Ted to be the president. People don't want Ted to show up to their sporting events. What do you mean? There are people outside of <laughs> the state of Texas that have no respect for no Ted Cruz. I'm there are people saying. inside of the state of Texas mm, that have no well, respect. I mean, like, that's just a fact. Huh? Oh, wait, if somebody just announced, 214 says the perfect candidate for president I could trust is Santa Claus. <laughs> Especially that John Travolta one. <laughs> the cool one that's in the commercials. 
Somebody said the next president needs to have a big ass Duck Dynasty style beard. Huh? I'm trying to like. I you, can't think anything. I wonder if it just looks weird with the with the like with the suit. Well, the, the big suit? beard. No, I mean you could. There's people that have there are, like clean. There are, there are people clean with beards. a nice beard. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out. Could they? This is anti. Look, look y'all being anti-beard as a country, America. What's going Get on? Get together. What's going on? Let's bring the beard back. Bring it back. Or at least the mustache. It's bringing beers back. Hey. <laughs> I had no idea that this is where we would go. Uh, apparently, people want ZZ Top, Doctor Umar Johnson. That is Jesus. You are wild. Jesus. Jesus is not here right now. Jesus is every. Jesus is in our hearts. He's in our hearts. There you go. If he comes back, that means it's over. Yeah, I don't know that at that point. <laughs> I'm just saying, when he returns. Oh, well, somebody said Dan Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Does he have a beard? Yeah, he does, doesn't he? I don't remember. Die patch. Honestly, do not recall. I can't remember. I think he's. No, he might. I don't know. Um. Anyways, it's the get right right here on 105 through the Something to think about. That was a little bit of sharing time. Yeah. Now I'm just really locked in on beard now. Maybe, maybe that's what's been holding me back all this time. If I shave his beard, things will go up for me. No, no, you could be a president though. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much I want that personally. That seems that seems like you a, don't have to shave your beard. Seems like a significantly less fun job than what I have right now. Uh, speaking of this job that I'm doing right now, coming up next, somebody said James Harden, buddy. I I I don't know that I don't know that there's. I wouldn't give you a, a thousand people in America. Yeah, that'd be like James Harden for president. Want it? Let's do it. Um, yeah, I think that that's probably a bad idea. Victory party at the strip club. Actually, I kind of you're selling me on the you're selling me on the idea. <laughs> Anyways, coming up next, we'll get you your headlines on the fan.